0: Back to House Lights this week. My name is Liz Noss, and I'm with my guest. I'm Lily Gwinnie. I am the host of the 1909 here at the state news, and I cover state government, and I am also an avid Swifty. Absolutely. Thank you for putting in that part because what we're gonna be talking about today is one of the most anticipated albums of this year, Midnights by Taylor Swift. Mm we are both huge Swifties. I would say probably the biggest Swifties in the newsroom. I would agree, I would agree. I think Miranda Dunlap really has got us. Miranda sleep. gets up there, but I'm you know, i an OG. I've been around for a long time, man. Yeah, why don't you tell me what your Halloween costume was then? Uh, so my Halloween costume for my brief excursion out into the public on Thursday night yeah. was uh, Reputation Taylor. And it mostly revolved around this wig that my roommate has. Um, it was a sleigh wig. Other than that, I literally just wore black. Because I realized, you I, know, think that's I, enough. I don't actually have, like... Sparkly black. Sparkly black <laughs> or replicas of any of her tour outfits. But um, great, she's back. We, we pulled it off. And it was a fun costume. One of my classmates, who I saw at a party, did not recognize me because of the wig. Which I thought was really silly. Um, I was like, dude, I see you. Every week, you were Hannah Montana. I guess I was. (laughs) They didn't. They didn't understand. There was no blonde wig. And I was like, "Yeah, I'm, I'm Taylor." Miley Cyrus, Miley Cyrus, realness. Anyways, all right. So I'm gonna start talking about Midnight's because I did my dissertation on it literally the night of. Mm -hmm. I was writing it about until two forty in the morning, which brings me into my first hot take because she released a second version of the album the 3am edition literally right after i went hog me, me 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 good night good night <laughs> And so i 3am edition came out and i would like to say i don't think the 3am edition was necessary other than would have could have should have interesting see that's a that's going to be the opposite take of what i have to say the 3am tracks are actually my favorite on the album really i in my ranking of all 20 songs, I ranked most of the 3AM tracks higher than the first 13 tracks. Wow. Which ones? So, um. Well, let me pull it off. Yeah, please <laughs> because do. Because this is something that's, you know, I feel like I need to voice my rank. Absolutely. You know? Please do. And, I, While you're yeah. looking for that, I'll just mm-hmm. say what of could have, should have is my favorite on the 3AM edition. Oh, yeah. That is, I saw a tweet that was like, "I it makes All Too Well look like a love song. Yeah. Like, it's so yeah. hateful. I love it so yeah. much. I support women's rights, but I also support women's wrongs. It's and true. And we we wrongs, don't support yeah. John Mayer at all. No, we don't. <laughs> so, okay, I pulled up my rankings. Yes. And I'm I'm just going to go down the line. Please do. Time. So, my bottom most song, I hated Glitch. Okay, that's, that's honestly I, I couldn't valid. stand Glitch. It sounds weird, like her voice yeah. sounds strange. And I get the vibe she was trying to go for, but it just didn't do it for me. Yeah, it was like, a glitch in the album. Yeah, it, <laughs> no, and I, like, there was, we were going for like sort of a sultry, like, you know, false god type of thing. But yes. it just it, The execution wasn't there. I would have to agree. False God is one of my favorites on Love and yeah, it's way, a fantastic so. song. And I think I was hoping to see more of that style of production on yeah. Midnights, and I think we missed that a little bit. Mm-hmm. It's yeah. probably because of the sexy saxophone. That's why I love. Thanks God, the so sexy much. saxophone It does it so much. <laughs> it just really completes the whole the whole idea. Yes, go to so, yeah. So at nineteen, I had question. Okay, eighteen, I had labyrinth. Okay. Seventeen, I no this has gotten me some controversial responses. Seventeen is snow on the beach. Oh, I hate snow I on the beach. Hate... Snow on the beach is my number <laughs> twenty, babe. No, like snow on the beach to me is just so boring lana del rey was not even present (laughs) in recording i'm not a lana fan even like in my regular music listening so like for me yeah like when she was there she was really there yeah like when when you could hear her you could hear her but it didn't do anything. To me. I would say that Lana Del Rey was on, like, the last in my list mm-hmm. for, like, um, my middle school listed, listening of, like, Melly Martinez, mm-hmm. Halsey. Yeah. She was, like, my last manic pixie dream girl I would listen to. <laughs> so I don't have, like, that much yeah. of an atta- attachment to her. But I was hoping she would, like, do something. Like, Phoebe Bridger yeah. was on Nothing New. And the thing is, is, like, I have a list i have a running list in my head of people i want Taylor swift to collaborate with yeah and lana was not on it no me neither so i was a little disappointed i'm, I'm gonna remember yeah. that because i want to yeah. bring that up later. We'll, we'll get back to it yeah. yes so at 16 we have midnight rain I 15 is the great war yeah uh 14 is sweet nothing that's low i i liked it a lot there were just a lot that I that's liked true that's yeah. true at 13 we have dear reader And Dear Reader kind of crept up on me. I like it. No, definitely. That's Mm -hmm. one that has moved up the list for me, for sure. And this is one that is very unpopular to my roommate. Uh, At number 12, we have Lavender Haze. Okay. So are you saying that your roommate likes it more? She ranks it higher, yes. I did put it, okay, if we're talking about my 13 in the article that I did, Mm -hmm. I did put it on number four. So I did rank it higher, but I would have to say, as I'm continuing to listen to it, it's falling down more. Yeah. So at 11 we have Paris, and I like, like Paris, so now we're moving into the top 10, yes. so at number 10 we have Vigilante Shit, mm-hmm. number 9 we have Antihero, Antihero Smacks, number 8 Bigger Than the Whole Sky, I love that, that song, so good, okay oh maybe I God. do like the 3am edition, maybe <laughs> yeah. I need to stop talking, <laughs> okay, well here we go, <laughs> uh, number 7 I have Bejeweled, mm-hmm. which that was such a fun music video, I love Haim, so that was really fun for me yes. to watch, um, I love Laura Dern. Yeah, well, everyone loves Laura <laughs> Dern. Um, number six, I have Karma, which like is so. It's lyrically, it's such a dumb song. No, but, but it's it's, so it fun. makes me just want to dance. It's so fun, yeah. And then my top five were High Infidelity, Maroon, Mastermind, What If Could Have Should Have, and number one, You're on Your Own Kid. Okay, let's talk about You're on Your Own Kid first. Yes. That was number three for me. Uh-huh. I believe it's moved up to my number one as well. It really It lyrically so is so beautiful uh-huh. and it makes me want to cry. It so I had my first ever like big viral TikTok last week and it oh was my God. like You're on your own kid TikTok. Stop. And I literally put a bunch of videos, all the videos I had of like me and my friends from the last few years and some videos of like my family and stuff. I've seen this trip. Yeah. Of like and I said I like I think I was one of, I, among the, I don't want to be like, oh, I set the trend. I think I was among some of the first people to yes. do it and that's why it blew She's up. A trendsetter. Lily's <laughs> well, a trendsetter. Yeah. But so, and I was like, pro tip, if you want to cry, put a bunch of videos of your friends to this part of the song. And it was the, make the friendship racist, take the moment and taste it. Yes. You've got no reason to be afraid. And that to me just like screams college. It does. And I was like, that was that week to me was like so nerve-wracking the week the album came out it was a really big week for me and so yes. listening to that song I was like it's okay everything is fine yeah you're on your own kid but you can face it and you always have been so you know that you're yeah. able to, to face it in the yeah end. yeah and I know some people have interpreted it as kind of like a bleak song but I think it's a really hopeful song yeah and Also, sonically it sounds a lot like I don't want to say the old Taylor, but it sounds like like it Taylor. really sounds like a Taylor Swift song. Yeah, it, it sounds does. exactly like what I was expecting. It's giving like never grow up, long live kind of yes. vibes. So yeah. I, I really love that because yes. Speak Now is going to be the next album. Oh, I think you're right. Yeah, I am. It's, I'm it's so excited be. about that. Yeah, but like that, that's me. Like that song is like all the things I love about Taylor Swift. in one, it's got the lyrical like density and it tells you a story and it's really relatable. I mean, I think everyone yeah. can relate to some aspect of that song. And it sounds like you just want to sing along. Right, it's Talk, a great song. talking yeah. about telling a story, I want to sort of fight with you yes. on one of your rankings. Okay, go for um, it. I love Question. Uh-huh. And you put it very low on your 19 ranking. 19 out of 20. That yes. is insane. I think it, that tells a story specifically. Yeah. I think it was one of the most experimental songs in the album. Uh-huh. and. Did you, and like, for an experiment, do you feel like it fell flat then? I mean, for me, I like the melody line yeah. in question. I enjoy that. I enjoy the chorus. Yeah. It just didn't stand out to me as anything special Right. Um, compared to some of the other songs on the album. I understand what she was trying to do there, and I think it definitely, it's not a bad song. No. The only song on this album that I think is bad is Glitch.
1: That's okay, literally that's it, and
0: that's why I ranked it at the bottom. Yeah. But um, I really just, like, for me, when I was listening to it, I listen to it, then I listen to it again, and I keep forgetting it. See, that's how I feel about Maroon, and you rank that top. I rank Marie, Maroon is my number four. Yeah. I really enjoy Maroon. Why do you like that one so much? Because so I felt like it was kind of forgettable. Yeah. It was like dress, but worse for me. <laughs> <laughs> so I don't know exactly. I think Maroon, like, just the, sonically, it scratches an itch in my brain for whatever reason. I really like the chorus, um, and it's just, it's, to me, it's like, it's just a fun song. It's kind of what I was expecting from the album, yeah. um, like, sonically, production-wise, um, and lyrically. And I think, for me, a lot of this album was not what I wanted it to be. Okay. And I know for... Get into that. Yeah. Unpack so, that. So, like, for some people, like, this was this is their new favorite Taylor Swift album. I don't think I this can imagine ever be my favorite Taylor Swift no. album. Um. There The songs I like on it, I really like, but upon the first listen, I was actually really disappointed. Wow. And wow. I was like, I was like, oh my god, like, she made an album I don't like. Mm-hmm. And I've had, obviously, now some time to sit with it and find out what I do like. And now I can say that it's an album I like. Yeah. It's not an album I'll ever say is in, like, even Your my favorite. top three yeah, or right. five, maybe, but, like, there there are songs on it that I think are great examples of her work. It just, to me, didn't go in the direction I was expecting it to. And so I think coming off of Folklore and Evermore, mm-hmm. a lot of people were expecting her to either take another full 180 into something. Like, I know a lot of people really wanted her to make a rock album. I would love to see her make that a rock album. That would be insane, album, yeah. But obviously that's not what this was. And some yeah. people were expecting her to kind of keep in that sort of indie pop realm of like right. the more acoustic you know sad girl music sad girl autumn vibes Yes. But, so like and we didn't get either of those things no this was not a sad girl autumn album i think and this is the closest taylor will ever get to a rock album if we're being honest I see i like i have a theory that like when she's like 50, she's gonna just oh go god. ham and like. I would love that, and I'll be like, "Oh my god!" I'll well, Miley Cyrus has really been able to grow in her like rock era, yeah. so I would I would actually love to see Taylor yeah. do the same and thing. And I think she totally has the voice for it. Some people say Taylor doesn't have the voice for some of the music she makes, yeah. because like, let's be honest, like she's not one of the great voices. Of no, biography. she's the great. She's like a she's great, great writer, lyricist. Yeah, yeah. So, and like that's that's the real. Like, she's a white woman. She's a white it's, woman with a nice voice. It's true. But a soothing voice. she is not Beyonce. No. She's never going to be Mariah Carey. No. She's not even going to be Adele. Oh <laughs> so my like, gosh. Love Adele. So it's like what she has that is a gift are her lyrics. And I think that would suit really well to rock. And she has a voice that would work for rock. Yeah. Because if you made Adele sing a rock song, it would sound horrific and weird. But if you made Taylor Swift sing a rock song, Opera it Opera rock. Opera rock. <laughs> terrifying. Opera oh no no I would actually sign up for that that'd be a pretty cool please please do anyways and it's like yeah I just I I want to see her mix up with something and I guess that's why I wasn't disappointed with this album when I was listening to it because she is known to have like her eras Mm -hmm. you know I think that she's known for switching it up every couple of years so I was like okay but my problem was I just felt like she was going back yeah. because it felt more like reputation or lover rather uh-huh. than, cause I feel like she made really big strides with evermore and folklore. She did. Like evermore is probably my favorite Taylor Swift album. Yeah. And I, because I love singer songwriter, acoustic feelings mm-hmm. to music. Um, so I felt like she was going back rather than experimenting with more, Yeah. but I wasn't disappointed because I knew it was going to be a new era of Taylor. Yeah. And sort of going off of what you say about going backwards here, like, I, and this might be a really unpopular opinion to a lot of people, but I think that Jack Antonoff overproduced her. On this yes, album. I would I have to agree. They were trying to recreate some of the just absolute smash hit success they had from Jack Antonoff produced songs like Out of the Woods or Cruel Summer, mm-hmm. but it didn't land here for me. It, no. like... There were times when I was first listening to it where I was like, I almost can't hear her voice, yeah, over the production here. right? or I can't tell what she's saying, and I, like, listen to. Some I would of those say songs. on Karma, sometimes you cannot yeah. tell what she's saying because it is overproduced. Yeah. And I love that song, but yeah. I'm not listening to it for the lyrics, like you said. No, I'm listening exactly. to it because I want to dance. Yeah, and so the other thing, like, I was actually just in the car about a half hour ago listening to uh, Dear Reader. And so that comes on, and it's got sort of this little, I don't want to, it's like almost a piano intro. I can't remember exactly yeah. what it is. But it makes you think you're about to get a song that's a little more acoustic. New Year's Day vibes. New Year's Day vibes, yeah. And then New and then it comes in with, like, that synth, and it, like, kind of smacks you in the face. Right. And you're like, wait a second. Because lyrically, that's a really complex song, and it's a little yeah. bit more deep. And I was hoping we were going to get a bit more of a stripped-down production on that. And I think if we ever do, I'll be a huge fan of it because yeah. I think it makes sense. But like that, I felt that way about a lot of parts of the album where I'm like, if this were just not so heavily produced, mm-hmm. we might have had a bit more of a connection to some of the lyrics. Right. And I think that's why we like You're On Your Own Kids so much yeah. because it is very stripped down. Yeah, it's... it's not... Yeah, it, you're not getting, like, just boom, boom, boom. you getting the weird robot voice in the background. Like. Yeah, I would say I love Midnight Rain, right? Yeah. But, like, the voice filter, it's not good. And then there's the end of the, maybe it is the end of You're On Your Own Kid, but it's just, like, a really weird synthy sound yeah. right at the end. And I was in the car with my mom playing, and she's like, can you just, like, skip the end of the song? Because, like, I just don't <laughs> like listening to it. No, and it's, like, there's... There are some songs on the album where it works really well to do that Bejeweled. Yes. Bejeweled works fantastic. That's because the whole song as a whole, I feel like that was meant to be overproduced because that's what the vibe is getting off where it's like, I'm still shimmery, I'm sparkly, here's a big synth moment. It's big, it's campy, it's just like really over the top and she's embracing that. Yeah. Whereas on a song like Dear Reader... That's exactly the opposite of right. what the that's lyrics are Right, that's supposed to be like out. a folklore evermore. Yeah, yeah. so to me that the production didn't always match up with what the lyrics and yeah. the general melo- melodic vibe of the song was trying to get into. And so I like, for me, like listening to Taylor Swift is like almost scientific. <laughs> no, for real. Like... <laughs> I, I would never feel like this about anything else. I don't think in terms of science or numbers okay, yeah. or anything like that. I I'm don't like, ever think no, in terms of No, that's not numbers. something I do. I'm, I'm a journalist. Yeah, this is <laughs> this is weird for us. But, like, when I listen to Taylor Swift for the first time, or even for the bajillionth time, yeah. there, the things that stick in my head are very rarely entire songs or even entire verses. Mm-hmm. It's little bits and pieces. And, so, like, specific, like, Turns of phrase or specific um, sequences of notes and rhythms are what stick out in my brain, and it's sort of like. So I wouldn't call myself a musician anymore, but I used to be. Mm-hmm. I used to play flute and piccolo and a little piano. Sleigh. Back in my day. Slay band. Came. And so you learn, you learn, you know, a little bit. Of, you pick up a bit of music theory along with that. Right. And you you know how these types of things fit together, and that to me made listening to Taylor Swift so much more interesting because you have all these little moments in the songs. Like yeah. One of the ones that will always be one of my favorite, favorite, favorite things to to sing and also just the part that will always be stuck in my head is on the 10-minute version of All Too Well mm-hmm. when we hear and I was never good at telling jokes. Like yeah. Just that part. Okay. Not even, not even the part <laughs> not after, comes after it. it. Not the part no. before. And lyrically, I love that whole verse but it's, yeah. But it's that specific part, sonically, to me, that sticks out in my head. And on Midnight's, I felt like there were less of those moments. For sure. No, I would have to agree. And maybe it was because when she was, you know, doing the 10 version, she was going back into her old music. Mm-hmm. But it's like, that; those songs were such a huge, huge success because we liked what you were doing. Yeah. So why not channel it into the music you're yeah. doing now? Not that I think someone should stay in a box. No. But... You know, there's, and the, and the thing about all of this that to me is like really silly. Like we're having this whole discourse and I can never think about this whole discourse. <laughs> and the woman who made the album thinks it's the greatest thing she's ever done. It's true. She's sitting up in her townhouse in London with her little blonde boyfriend. Oh, love him. I love him. And, and she's like, oh, I can't believe I released this awesome album. This is so fun. I love this. I love this body of work. Yeah. And I don't know, maybe she's maybe she's absorbing some discourse. I like to think she's not because she's Taylor Swift and she doesn't have to. No, no. I know she does though because yeah. she's us. Well, I mean like, we also saw already that she obviously was attuned to the discourse with the antihero video, the one right. scene. And if you wanna talk about that, I have some things to yeah, talk please, about that, that please. I think are really interesting. Talk about it. So the if you're not familiar, the scene in the antihero music video, Taylor Steps on a scale. And they show on the scale the little ticker line, and it goes, and it just, it, and it says fat on the scale. Yeah. And so a lot of people were really, really upset about this, right? And especially um, a lot of people in within like the eating disorder communities on Twitter and Instagram, um, mm. saying, you know, this is super fat phobic, and the way that she presents fat as a negative thing on the in this music video is problematic right and she obviously took that to heart because on youtube that and it really isn't a very long part of it no it's, it's like a one a, second it's, yeah between one and two seconds and yeah. now it's been edited out right so it's no longer in the anti-german music video at least on youtube
1: right. i don't know
0: about in other places where else do you get videos i don't even know i think that's probably <laughs> it yeah vivo so, yeah <laughs> beats me but um so that's been edited out. And I think to me that was really interesting. Like I have struggled with like body image in the past and like mm. have have had to make modifications and things in my relationship to food. And for me, I didn't see a problem with me what neither. She did. And I and I can also relate to that and I yeah. feel as though I mean, if you're if you watch her documentary, she talks mm-hmm. about her own struggles yeah. with eating disorders. So in my brain, I would never think that she wouldn't put every thought into those people yeah. and being, you know, empathetic, sympathetic to those people, because she's had to deal with that herself. Yeah. And, so I can't imagine that she, and I feel like it's such, um, you know, a unified thing that we all, and, and yeah. all women pretty much yeah. feel this, you know, sense of insecurity about our bodies at some point in our lives. So to put that in, I don't feel like it's some crazy thing to be fat phobic. Yeah. And, you know, is she, yeah. I mean... She is the body, beauty standard, whatever, yeah. you know. And she's... she has been her entire life. Right. So there's, you can... I, I do understand yeah. that. I do believe that, like, you can say that, like, she may have not... She may not be the best person to put this out there. Right. But due to her her body type. But I think the way that she talks in Miss Americana about her past eating disorder, this is a woman who for the better part of her adult life has been speculated upon by tabloids who would say, oh, Taylor, Taylor's looking fat. Taylor put on a few pounds and they'd blow up whatever weirdly angled photo of her makes her look pregnant or they'd be speculating about her body. And that to me gives her the license to talk about this and make art about this in whatever way she chooses. Right, and it's not like it's a full song about this. If it was a full song, I'd be like, well, that's a little tone deaf. But if it it, it was a two, second part in a music video about her being the problem that yeah. makes sense to me exactly and the thing is is like if you listen to antihero even for two seconds you know it is a reflection of her deepest insecurities right this is not her presenting this fat is bad as a righteous no. good view this is her showing what a manifestation of her eating disorder looks like and anyone who knows anything about eating disorders will tell you that they are manifestations of control And when you're trying to control your body like that and the way that your body looks and the way that you see your body you have all these toxic thoughts that may not be reflections of how you actually feel about other people no and i don't think taylor swift was trying to say fat is bad she's trying to say this is how i thought during a really dark period of my life where i struggled with body image and where i struggled with eating and I don't think that's something that we should be able to take away from her. No, and yeah, and making her—I mean, I don't mind that she edited it out. Yeah, you know? it's not the—I don't think it like takes away from the video massively. No, the, the point of the video still gets across. Absolutely. Yeah. But it's like you are telling her that she's not allowed to have these problems because yeah. she's skinny. And I think like it it it's just like how how do we let people present their problems through art are we going to say that people can't put their own in, like some of the worst insecurities people have through depression or anxiety are things that you wouldn't necessarily ever wanna voice out loud. But a lot of people are able to express those through art, however that looks. And it's the same way with eating disorders. Right. Um, So I think the, the idea that like, she really needs to censor herself here with, or she's like doing this irreparable harm to fat people is like, is kind of just uh, i guess an overinterpretation. Yeah, no. It's video. it's looking into a certain aspect and saying and, and and just being sensitive about it which i mean we should be sensitive in our community. Yeah. But when you look at the rest of Taylor Swift's body of work you yeah. know that she's not being insensitive to people. Exactly. And it's like I'm not a skinny person. No, I'm not a skinny not person. Either, no. And and watching that I didn't feel like I was being demonized. No, absolutely I not. I felt like oh I actually she I, I identified right. I was yeah. like oh this is something that I felt before too. Right. It wasn't something that made me feel like I was being targeted by a skinny woman. It no. was something where I was like, see, I I knew because I've seen the documentary, I've read her work before. Like I know I know about her struggles and they're similar to mine. So for me, it was actually something that kind of made me feel satisfied. That her, yeah, to identify with yeah. for sure, absolutely. Um, I feel like we're starting to wrap up here, but I want to yeah. talk about my favorite song, the album yes. as well, which was mastermind talking oh, about control and everything. I love that. song. This is one of my favorite songs because I feel it as-
1: <laughs> I feel as
0: though I can relate a little yeah, bit it's the it's for the control freak girlies. it really is it is it's for the girls that yeah. cannot let go of anything they ever do really. ever and it's, need to be in control of their situation. Yeah. And, and there's and I nothing feel that. wrong with that exactly. and it, it's like, and I know the song is specifically about like being the mastermind of behind your relationship and having been like right. the planner of all of this, but I think there's it's, there's more to it than that too. I mean, I'm not in a relationship right now, and mm-hmm. I identify with the hell out of that song because yeah. it like it feels like what goes on in my brain every time there's yeah. a situation that I'm like, oh my god, okay, I need to control this. I need to be I need to be yeah. the one in charge. I don't believe in luck. Whenever, when anything ever yeah. goes my way, I'm like, I did this. Yes. I was yeah. the mastermind behind yeah. this. And yeah, plus it's a it's a catchy song. It's, it's a banger song. It was honestly one of the best like closers of an album. To be, I honest. agree, and I think it that that was another song that to me felt more emblematic of the Taylor Swift sound. Yeah, than some of the others on the album. Mm. I think we got more of like the sound that we're a little bit more accustomed to, with lyrics that we're a little more accustomed to and it's fun Mm. it's it's you you know you want to sing along to it and it takes you out of the album on a high note right and i really liked it and as much as i didn't like love lavender haze like i really liked it but i did love it it was a great opener yeah she really did a good job of framing this album sort of sonically production wise and lyrically And I think even with the 3 a.m. track, she does that as well. I think Dear Reader is a fantastic way to close everything out. I think it really sort of gives her, like, this sage elder position where she's saying, you know, here's my mistakes. Here are the experience. I just dumped 20 songs worth of my life experiences on you. Here's what I took away from it, and here's what you can take away from it. I will say one thing that I love more about Midnight's than I've loved about her last, like, Folk (laughs) and Evermore. I like that we're going back to her own stories. Yes. Because while I love that she can be a storyteller and tell Mm -hmm. stories that she doesn't know things about in a lot of folklore and evermore, I really enjoyed hearing stuff back from her perspective. I mean, that was what initially made her so famous is she was talking about her own experiences. She was singing about things that other young women could relate to. And that is why people fell in love with Taylor Swift. And we're getting back to that a little bit. Plus, I have to figure she's tired of everybody speculating yeah. on whether or not the fictional song she wrote about fictional people is right. actually about her and her boyfriend, or so, uh, like um, yeah, so, any yeah. any of that stuff. Any so, that. but it's a great album. It's it's not my favorite, but it's a great album. It's a great album, and mm-hmm. I think and I predict that it will get uh, Grammy buzz. I I think. Do I think, do I think it'll win? I don't think so. I don't, I don't think, think it's a folklore. It's not a folklore. It, no, it's not going to be another album of the year. No, but she's got some strong tracks on it, and if she keeps churning out these music videos, we could see some. Uh, oh, I'm actually very videos. excited about this because I'm a little, uh, I'm a little film buff. So yeah. please keep turning out these music <laughs> videos. All right, so that's yeah. going to be it from me today. Yeah, well, uh, thank thanks. you so much for listening to House Lights. Thanks for having me on, Liz. And you guys can also catch my podcast, The Absolutely. 1909 from the State News, every Monday. recap the news of the week. Absolutely. Well, have a great rest of your week. I'll see you next week.